Every great leader must possess a very specific follower, themselves. Because we are at home for the next few weeks, it is a great time to invest in the practice of self-leadership. In this four-part series, we will explore some simple ideas and engage in reflective questions that will prompt us to think, journal, and ultimately challenge us to grow a crucial skill that all great leaders have, the ability to lead themselves. I'm Jeremy Rivers, and this is the Passages Leadership Challenge. So it's an interesting world we're living in right now, to say the very least. There's a lot of uncertainty, anxiety, and pain. It's tough. We cannot do life as usual right now. And as leaders, we certainly cannot lead as usual right now because good leaders meet their people where they are. However, that does not mean that we should stop leading. As mentioned in the intro, my name is Jeremy Rivers, and I'm the Managing Director here at Passages, and this is our Passages at Home Leadership Challenge. I would like the opportunity to join you in your home the next few weeks with some short podcasts to get us thinking about something that we frankly have more than enough time to work on right now, leading ourselves. To make the most of this four-part leadership challenge, I would encourage you to treat it as something more than a podcast. Grab a journal, a cup of tea, or some coffee, whatever your flavor is, and a few people in your life that mean a great deal to you, and let's challenge each other to grow. If you're Passages alumni, be sure that you jump into the Passages Leaders Network and join our leadership development group uh, and join the conversation that we're going to be having around this challenge there. Now, the ideas that we're going to talk about week to week are not going to be new concepts, but that's not the point for this. The point is to be challenged by tried and true concepts and evaluate how well we are applying them in our lives. While we are stuck at home, what a great opportunity to improve our self-leadership skills. That way, we will be better equipped as leaders to turn around and influence a confusing world that is trying its best right now to influence us. So this is the first week of our Passages at Home Leadership Challenge, where we're focusing on self-leadership, and I am coming to you from my daughter's bedroom. Um, I don't know where you are at in your home, but this is where I can find a quiet place to hang out with you today. Now, when we talk about our leadership development, oftentimes we're discussing things uh, about others, how we inspire others, how we communicate to others, how we equip others. Um, but today we're going to flip that script around on ourselves and take a look at how well we are in influencing yours truly. Um, I would like to start things off with an excerpt from a book, Developing the Leader Within, uh, by John Maxwell. Uh, now from a distance, John Maxwell has been a huge influence in my own journey, and he's truly a world expert when it comes to leadership development. And if you do not have a John Maxwell book in your library, I would challenge you to solve that problem today. But I'm going to jump into this book here. He says in the first chapter, Perhaps because most of us want to be leaders, we become emotionally involved when trying to define leadership. Or perhaps because we know one, we try to copy his or her behavior and describe leadership as a personality. Ask 10 people to define leadership, and you'll probably receive 10 different answers. 
After more than five decades of observing leadership within my family and many years of developing my own leadership potential, I have come to this conclusion. Leadership is influence. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. My favorite leadership proverb is, He who thinketh he leadeth and hath no one following him is only taking a walk. It's a great book. Uh, I encourage you to check it out if you want to develop uh, your own leadership potential. But with that said, I think it's appropriate for us to start this conversation of self-leadership off considering a few ideas surrounding self-influence. After all, if leadership is influence, we need to consider how well we are managing our own influences. So it's time to evaluate our lives a little bit. Um, and to help us wrap our minds around the current status of what is influencing us today, I'd like to oversimplify uh, some categories of what influences us into three categories. Others, situations, and yourself. So do a little uh, mental exercise with me, and I want you to throw up in your head a pie chart. And in that head, you've got these three buckets. Um, now, I want you to award others, situations, and yourself, a percentage of how much each one of those categories influences you. So what does that breakdown look like? Do the others category have 57%? Uh, do situations have 40%? Uh, the real question that I'm curious about, though, is what did you award yourself? To maybe go a little bit further down that road, do you possess the majority of the influence over your own life or do external forces take the cake? What is your influence allocation? That's what we're going to call it. Now, my influence uh, allocation has changed drastically over the years. So I'm going to tell you a quick funny story about me. Um, I used to be a chronically shy kid. It was terrible. It was crippling. Um, I was a gymnast most of my adolescent life, and I had a great coach. And I vividly remember uh, a moment in a gym class when I was five. Um, and I, I always tried to do the right thing. I, I didn't want to get in trouble because I was this shy kid, and I definitely like I didn't want to get disciplined. Um, but in this moment, my coach was disciplining. But not me, my crazy teammates. And this is kind of how the discipline session went. You boys need to stop goofing off, Jeremy. I'm not talking to you. If I see you doing this again, Jeremy, it's okay. Not you. Not talking to you. You will have to be doing 25 push-ups under my count. Jeremy, why are you crying? <laughs> uh, my coach was not even disciplining me. Um, but I was freaking out as if he was dangling me off of a cliff. That's how crippled I was by um, the fear of being disciplined. Now, I have grown since then, and I've learned to take back some of that influence for myself. Um, but, you know, even today, time to time, the shy introvert in me gets the best of me, and I get a little bit imbalanced. But it's a process. You know, we learn to get better at it. You know, these situations, others, and self. Uh, what is influencing us? It's, you know, let, let's be honest with each other. You know, uh, this is a no judgment zone. Uh, I want you to evaluate that pie chart in your head. Honestly, becoming self-aware to whatever that is, whatever your reality is, is the first thing that you've got to do if you want to lead yourself well. You see, we're going to do some amazing work over the next few weeks on self-leadership. 
We're going to discuss uh, your design next week. We're going to talk the week after that about some habits. Um, and we're going to conclude talking about how the mirror you're looking in when you're evaluating yourself matters. It's going to be a lot of fun, but all of that work is going to mean nothing uh, if as soon as you walk out the door, external forces are in control. And by default, you're out of control. So now I'd like to talk about that out of control piece a bit. Sometimes we're not in control of our situations or the people in our lives. Obviously, uh, none of us expected to be self-quarantined in our homes. And you very well may not have chosen who you are spending that time with. However, these concepts uh, still apply. If all else fails, you have the final freedom to choose what perspective you have in life. Stephen Covey, in the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uses a story to illustrate this idea in a very powerful way. And uh, the first time I read it, it really struck me, uh, and it stayed with me for years, and I would like to share that with you now. He says, let me share with you the catalytic story of Viktor Frankl. Frankl was a determinist raised in the tradition of Freudian psychology, which postulates that whatever happens to you as a child shapes your character and personality and basically governs your whole life. The limits and parameters of your life are set, and basically you can't do much about it. Frankl also uh, was a psychiatrist and a Jew. He was imprisoned in the death camps of Nazi Germany where he experienced things that were so repugnant to our sense of decency that we shudder to even repeat them. His parents, his brother, his wife died in the camps or were sent to the gas ovens. Except for his sister, his entire family perished. Frankel himself suffered torture and innumerable indignities, never knowing from one moment to the next if his path would lead to the ovens or if he would be among the quote-unquote saved who would remove the bodies or shovel out the ashes of those so fated. One day, naked and alone in a small room, he began to become aware of what he later called the last of human freedoms, the freedom his Nazi captors could not take away. They could control his entire environment, They could do what they wanted to to his body, but Viktor Frankl himself was a self-aware being who could look as an observer at his very involvement. His basic identity was intact. He could decide within himself how all of this was going to affect him. Between what happened to him or the stimulus and his response to it was the freedom or power to choose that response. In the midst of his experiences, Frankel would project himself into different circumstances, such as lecturing to his students after the release of the death death camps. He would describe himself in the classroom in his mind's eye and give his students the lessons he was learning during his very torture. Through a series of such disciplines, mental, emotional, and moral, principally using memory and imagination, he exercised his small embryonic freedom until it grew larger and larger, until he had more freedom than his Nazi captors. They had more liberty, more options to choose from in their environment, but he had more freedom, more internal power to exercise his options. He became an inspiration to those around him, even to some of the guards. 
He helped others find meaning in their suffering and dignity in their prison existence. In the midst of the most degrading circumstances imaginable, Frankel used the human endowment of self-awareness to discover a fundamental principle about the nature of man. Between stimulus and response, man has the freedom to choose. This is just an unbelievable story of how to make the most of a situation that you're not in control of, a, a t- the most horrifying situation ever. Maybe we cannot choose all the time what situations we're in and who we're in them with, but we absolutely can choose how they affect us, how they influence us. This story uh, in the book is shared in the context of that first habit of Stephen Covey's Seven Habits. And that first habit is the habit of being proactive. We can decide proactively how others, situations, and even ourselves influence us. I was encouraged by my small group, my church small group, uh, last night. We were reading through the story where Jesus uh, raised Lazarus from the dead. And as you recall, in the story, Jesus is overcome with grief, and then he weeps. He allowed the sorrow to affect him and responded in a very human way. But then, just as he allowed the sorrow to influence him, he limited how much it influenced uh, his overall response. He felt sorrow, and then he stood up and said, take away the stone. He stood up and led with the ultimate influence of the authority of heaven. At bare minimum, we can control how we respond if we possess enough self-influence to do so. Now, do not get me wrong, I am not advocating that in your influence pie chart that you have in your head, 100% of that go to the self category. I do believe that there is a healthy version of influence from situations and others, but how much is healthy and what kind is healthy? I think those are fantastic questions that I think I'm not going to answer for you, but you should wrestle with this week in our leadership challenge. It comes down to really two ideas. What are you going to limit when it comes to external forces influencing you? And what are you going to allow in when it comes to external forces influencing you? Limits and access. Uh, I want to give you uh, a couple examples of good limits, healthy limits, and good access, healthy access when it, to entertain this idea a little bit further. First, Here's a story of influence that I think um, is healthy when it comes to limiting uh, the influence of others in situations. I was on Instagram uh, a few months ago, and I came across a story from one of our alumni. And she had taken a photo of her liberal arts college, a, a predominant liberal arts college in the, in the country. And the caption read, Today my professor asked us, Uh, to raise our hand if we believe that humanity had a soul. I was the only one that raised my hand. Now, in that situation, first, I just let her know I was was really proud of her for standing up for her beliefs. Um, But as it relates to the ideas we're talking about today, she limited uh, what the effect of others and this situation was going to have on her in her ultimate response. And she stood up for her values. 
I think it's a great story to illustrate uh, what healthy limits can look like, not allowing others in situations to kind of impact your overall response. But now let's talk about access a little bit, allowing others and situations in to impact you in a positive way. Um, a few months ago, we had our leaders conference. We do this a couple times a year. It's where we gather the cream of the crop, some of our best leaders that have decided they want to partner with us and help um, progress the mission of passages. They help lead buses on the ground in Israel. They help us develop community on campuses. They help develop our passages leaders network. And uh, this time at leaders conference, I was a part of delivering uh, the keynote uh, in our opening session. And so I spent several weeks uh, designing the speech, writing, editing. Um, and my, the final step in my process was recording myself, give this speech and delivering that audio recording to my good friend and colleague, Luke Bray. Now, Luke Bray, he's, uh, he's amazing. Um, and he's been a pastor um, for over 10 years uh, before his time at Passages. And he's a fantastic public speaker, someone that I admire and want to emulate in my public speaking. Now, it's not a, a fun thing to record yourself and give it to somebody else and have them critique your speech. But in this situation, I knew that the influence of Luke Bray on my speech was only going to have a positive effect uh, on the overall delivery of the keynote. The guide for determining your access uh, and limits when it comes to uh, the influence of others in situations really is what you value and your personal design. Uh, what do you hold dear to you? What are your strengths? Now, we're going to dive into these themes a little bit more next week, but for today, the main thought is proactively owning what, who, and how things influence you. No matter what degree of control you have on the situations in your life, choose how you process it. Choose how it affects you. Choose how it influences you. We should choose to be a source of light. Okay, now it's time for the fun part. Uh, each week, I'm going to leave a series of reflective questions in the show notes. You can find them there right now. And uh, I think these questions that uh, I've drawn up will be helpful for you as you consider the themes of self-influence this week. Now, as a side note, when it comes to these reflective questions, I don't know is a totally acceptable answer. Really, awareness is the goal here. Also, uh, these questions may inspire other questions that I've not drawn up. Ask those questions to yourself and uh, the few people that you've gathered to take this challenge with you. Uh, to sum up today, uh, here's the bottom line. Leadership is influence. So, what is influencing you? What is leading you? Thank you for joining me this week. Uh, it was a lot of fun to chat about some ideas around self-influence. If you found anything in this conversation encouraging, uh, fun, or it gave you some sort of value, I would just ask that you would share it with someone else that you think would enjoy it too. Um, but also, we would like to hear from you. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, uh, on your favorite social media platform, at Passages Israel is our handle, or you can, um, you can shoot us an email at media at passagesisrael.org. We would love to hear your thoughts. 
So that's it for this week, and I look forward to chatting with you next time.